Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hey everybody, it's Dave here, Darren over there, where your two old bloggers been doing this consistently and publicly for two decades apiece, that is commenting on your Minnesota Vikings. Today we have three themes as usual. First one, we're going to take an in-depth look, some deep thoughts from Darren on that running back room. Who do we have left? Who might fill in some of those holes? Or do the young guns like Ty Chandler and Kenan Wongwu stand up and take their place in Vikings lore? Second theme, we're going to update you on the defensive coordinator search. It's still in progress, but there have been some updates. Thirdly, we're going to take a look at the Senior Bowl and the East-West Shrine game. Those two are becoming the place to be if you're scouting young talent. And what is some of that talent we saw this week? Stay tuned and find out. Climb in the pocket. Bailey Norseman and Lake Monster Brewing presents Two Old Bloggers. Starting now. Hey everyone, it's Dave here. I want to say hi to Mary. She's already popped up in the remarks. Feel free to chat with us as we go through this show. Things are nice and better here down in Texas. We got past our ice storm, which just hammered the trees. So there's going to be cleanup probably for a month. But hey, that is what it is. How are things in the great white north, Darren? Cold, but no ice storms, Dave, so we'll <laughs> take our victories as we can get them. But, hey, other than that, you know, pretty pretty unexciting. We haven't had any balloons shot down around here uh, or anything like that. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> Oh, that's a sore subject. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let it pass all the way over the country and then parts of Canada, what it did, too, and then shoot it down. Uh, anyways. I shake my head. Coming from a defense background, I shake my head. Now, let's get into talking some football. Today's show, we focus on the running backs. That's going to be our first theme, and then obviously get into the uh, the defensive coordinator search after that. But we're going to start with the running backs first in theme one. And we go from there to these two fine gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, Dave, uh, of course, the Vikings, as 30 other, uh, 29 other NFL teams are, they're into the offseason mode. And uh, so we're going to, as we did last year, take a look at, at each Vikings positions prior to free agency kicking off and, uh, and the draft as well. And, uh, and I figured last year, I think I started with defense first and went 
all the way to offense. I'm flipping it around a bit, starting with the offense this year. I wanted to start with running backs because uh, that's been a topic that's it's come up and something, you know, the, we've been, the, as Viking fans, Dave, we've been very fortunate since 2006, really. We haven't had, really had to worry about the, the running back game, uh, running back position at all. In 2006, the Vikings got a very, very good running back in free agency in Chester Taylor. A lot of people forget about him. He's up there, number 29. Very good running back. Very good wide re- uh, receiving running back. I love Chester Taylor. Uh, and But then in 2007, we drafted – all day, Adrian Peterson, Purple Jesus. We had him from 2007 until 2016. Uh, 2014, of course, he didn't play because he got wasn't suspended, but he was on the, the list for that uh, that uh, incident with his, his one of his sons, uh, one of his many offspring. Wow. <laughs> yes. uh, and so yeah, we so we had a Hall of Famer, one of the best that ever played the position from for a long stretch, and then in 2017. We draft Dalvin Cook, and since we've had him, he had some injury problems his first two years in particular, but he's been basically a top five running back, you know, from 2018 onward. Um, and so we haven't had to worry about the, the running back position. But this year, because particularly because of Cook's age, his contract, and even his performance on the field last year, the Vikings are starting to get – at the running back position, they've reached that point where they've got to, um, they've got to, some hard decisions to make, uh, both looking at how that position is going to look and feel in 2023 and in the in the future beyond that. And they've got to start coming up with a plan for that. And you've got some great graphics here, Dave, uh, that you're going to have up of the looking at. So I, uh, about the, the grades that these uh, running backs have, you see Delvin Cook's grades there. Uh, but um, just wanted to talk a bit about what the Vikings' options are at running back, uh, and how uh, and what they can do about it. Uh, I think there's there's three basic ways they could go. Uh, they could look at uh, keeping Dalvin Cook, trying to extend him, rework his contract because he's got a heavy, heavy cap hit of about 14 million in 2023. That's very high, especially for a running back. But they could look at extending that, delaying the decision on Cook for about a year or, you know, another year. And then they've got Ty Chandler and Kenny Wongwu as their backups. And they can run with those three. They let Alexander Madison go as a free agent. So that's that's one option. Uh, the second option they could do is they could release Dalvin Cook and then uh, and to save some cap space. Resign Alexander Madison, who most people, including myself and you, figures a goner, but he's a free agent. But they sign Madison because he's a steady running back, uh, he's solid, and he's not going to cost you a whole lot. But you also have you keep Madison. You know what you got with him, but you also have got Chandler and Wangu in the in the as the number two and number three guys. Good depth there, and you can see through OTAs uh, and. In, and then in training camp and even preseason, you can let uh, see if those two guys can eat into or deserve more playing time from deserve more playing time uh, and maybe can do a bit of a timeshare with Alexander Madison as you're running back. The other option is you, you, you let Cook go, you let Madison go, and then you run with you run with Chandler and Wang Wu. 
as your as your running backs, uh, and you look at maybe signing a mid mid tier uh, free free agent running back who's out there, a guy like Raheem Mostert, maybe Rashad Penny who's had a lot of injury issues over the years, uh, James Robinson who's been solid but is not a super duper star, or you look at someone. Uh, like uh, I'm losing my mind here, as forgetting who the fourth guy uh, I was going to mention. You that have was, uh, James Robinson and Devin Stingley. Yeah, right. So Singletary. Devin Devin Singletary. Uh, we don't know. These are all guys that are free agents as of right now. Uh, another guy who's a free agent is David Montgomery, who we know very well with the Bears. But uh, you could look at. Uh, adding, trying to get one of those guys, uh, they provide, they've been guys who've been number one running backs in other teams. Uh, they've got a bit of a track record as a number one running back with other teams. The Vikings could feel confident that those guys, if Chandler and Wang Wu are not uh, up to snuff, that they've got this guy for depth and they can run them for a year or maybe one or two years as your number one guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna cost as much as da- keeping Dalvin Cook. Well, uh, so I those did. are kind of the three options. Well, keeping Dalvin Cook is expensive. Um, yes, big time expensive. There's. I looked at the over the cap valuations for these players mm-hmm. and where they feel they slot in. If we're looking at Madison, he, they figure he's going to get a contract around one point three five million. That's cheap. Uh, yeah. I don't necessarily agree with that because I think some teams going to look at him as a possible starter and he's going to make more money than that. When we look at these four gentlemen, uh, Singletary, they're calling for an $8.6 million valuation. That hmm. seems still a little high for me. Raheem Mosert drops it to $5.5 million. A little over that. Rashid Penny is at just barely over a million. And James Robinson at 1.3, 1.32 million, which is affordable. If you get in a two million and below, right, range, even three million for that matter, you're not doing bad. And we're talking APY, folks. Yeah. That's average per year over a contract that's three or four years long. That's nothing. The team can work with that. And make something like that work, especially when you have Chandler and Wang Wu coming up and seeing if they can develop into that primary back. Now, do you see the next back being a bell cow back or with Kevin O'Connell and his pass-heavy philosophy more of a tag team system that he wants to use because that may influence the direction they go. For, for sure. Well, this year they, they had, they had cook and it was a bell cow. Like Alexander Madison had the, at least carries his head in his four years in the league. They went exclusively with cook. Part of that was because they couldn't run the ball as well, that well, a lot of times. So they had to pass the ball and there weren't as many, I think uh, extra carries for, to, for Madison to, to use. Uh, I, I think that O'Connell would like to go with a timeshare. Uh, and I, and I think that's kind of the way that they're going to go, especially if they let, 
uh, Cook go? Uh, and, you know, some people out there would be asking, well, why do you want to get rid of Cook? Uh, he had, uh, you know, he had a pretty good 2022, uh, almost 1,200 yards rushing, which was six most in the league, 4.4 yards per carry. Uh, he was, he's, he'll only be 28 going into next year. What's the big deal? But there, there are signs, and some people know this, that there are statistics out there that suggest that he's, A, going 27-28, Dave, is where running backs start to lose it. Mm-hmm. So you've always got to worry about that. Uh, the other thing was that uh, pro football focus. And now, again, this is a, uh, this is a, uh, a stat that's – there's a lot, of, a lot of subjectivity in it. But they ranked him last out of 36 running backs with at least 130 carries in rushing yards over expected. So um, that means that he got the least amount of, uh, of, of yards and I know you would expect – when it came to explosive runs, he's down there at the bottom, too. You know, he's mm-hmm. not – Dalvin Cook two years ago, we could expect a normal – he gets two here, three there, eight here, whatever. But you knew at any particular time he could bust it, right? He could bust through the linebackers and hit the secondary and go and get 40, 50 at a chunk. He's not doing that anymore. He did it once this season. And twice, uh, yeah, the twice. Miami game, the 50, 50 yarder, and then the, the Buffalo. Buffalo game, the 81. But, uh, but he also had 84 carries this year, which was 32% of his carries that got one yard or less. That is a lot of carries with not very good uh, yardage out of him. And then put the offense in a bind, put him, mm-hmm. you know, off schedule. Uh, and so a lot of people commenting on there. Uh, yeah, like even even if you didn't believe, like uh, you don't put much stock in the pro football focus stuff about mm-hmm. yards over expected. Um, it just the eye test would you could kind of tell. I, I think that you know just he was going down a little bit easier than he used to. Uh, he didn't seem to be, as you said, have the burst a lot of times. Uh, and um, I partly blame this on the offensive line. I think the offensive line run blocking was poor this year. But then again, I also thought it was poor in 2021 a lot of times, and even 2020, but mm-hmm. Dalvin Cook uh, overcame that. Uh, right. He wasn't able to overcome that as much this year. And I think, you know, at 28, at his salary uh, cap hit, you just can't have that kind of a guy uh, with that performance at that position, at that salary hit on your team. So I think that the Vikings need to go with either option two or three, where they try with Chandler, Wangu, see what they got. And then maybe look uh, to draft somebody later, much later in the draft. But mind you, right now we only have five draft picks and we have a lot of needs at defensive right. defensive side. So do you want to use a draft pick on a running back? Uh, I don't know. Or you bring in a veteran. Like, again, we've mentioned five guys, but there's lots of others out there who could be mm-hmm. Jeff Wilson, uh, even Latavius Murray, who seems like he never gets old, even though he's 33. You know, there's all <laughs> kinds of different guys out there. There could be guys cut after during training camp that would be uh, of some use to the Vikings. Could be. So um, there's one running back we missed talking about this fine gentleman who had a very good statistic year. Yeah. CJ hands, especially when it comes to his hands. For sure. Uh, CJ ham was a, was a handy um, guy on screens. Uh, but uh, he's a guy where at fullback, a lot of games, he was, wasn't even getting 10 snaps a game. Uh, right. He's got a three-point. You can point. see how many ball carries he got all season. 
It's, yeah, not very many. Uh, didn't get a lot of snaps because we weren't in two two back sets very much. We're always in that eleven personnel, three wide receivers, blah blah blah. Um, I mean, it, it, not, not that he costs a gargantuan amount of money, David, but he's if you cut him before June the first, you get saved three point five million in the cap. It's something. Uh, I feel that you know I, I don't know how they're going to work it, but I, I feel that the Vikings, after going thirteen and four last year, uh, their offense was the strongest part of the team. I think that Quasi Adolfamensa and Kevin O'Connell are going to be a little reluctant to get rid of Cook uh, unless the the unless now Cook has to agree to extension. He has to agree to reworking the contract. But if they can get him to be agreeable to that, I think they're going to try to bring him back for a year, lower the cap hit somehow, kick the can down the road a bit, try to get that one more year. If you cut ham, you save a little bit of cash that maybe you can use towards working something out with Cook and some other guys too. Uh, but I, I don't think that they're – I don't – you know, with, if you go – using Chandler and Wangu particularly as saying, okay, you two are going to be fighted out for the number one. Well, Wangu has 22 carries in two seasons. Chandler got six this year in his rookie season. Uh, they see him at practice every day. I, you know, I know that they know what they can and can't do and what their strengths are, but they don't really know if they can be like the guys that can carry 15, 20 carries a game and give you the kind of production to make your offense uh that, that keeps your offense on schedule and keeps it strong. Uh, so I think they'd be reluctant to to go that route. And maybe they feel that – maybe I'm they feel so, that – I'm not so sure because yeah. – especially with Chandler. Um, I like Chandler. But I agree with Ryan. The running back committee could work. But with Chandler, yeah. he ran so well in the preseason. I think that's worth a look. Yes, in practice they're watching them. They're not getting the snaps and the carries, and they didn't get as many carries this year as sort of we'd hoped. But a lot of that is because Cook stayed relatively healthy all season long, and which has been an issue for him, but he did play in all 16 games. That I just think that might be the smart way to go. I don't think the drop-off in production is significant enough that making up for it for, by extending Cook and paying him a boatload of money versus taking the cap space available and working in other spots on the team, I think you're going to get a better return on investment. And if you do that, we get younger, we get faster, and this would be a theme, for the, especially for the defense, to go forward, and they could use those guys. Now, are they going to need more running backs to fill up the room? Absolutely they are. Uh, you're not going to go into a season with two. You're going to need no. a handful and whittle that down to three or four in the room. It's So they're going to have to find something. Expect as everybody starts their draft research and looking at players, and we'll get into some later, you also got to keep in mind the ones that don't make it are just above that are going to be possible undrafted free agents because those are the guys that are going to come in and fill in camp and bust their butts to try to make a team. They might be able to do it. And you and you are 100% correct about you got to look at what other teams give up. It just may be that the cost of getting a decent running back is going down. When I look at what the price ranges are for the top fives and top tens and each, 
The only position that's actually gone down and went down significantly was running back. It's it's valued less, so you may get more bang for your buck if you go that sort of route. Give the young guys a chance, bring in some vet that's in coming in on a second contract that you know you hope can go on, or whatever it is to make that work when you know you're going to be throwing the ball most of the time, especially. And I think these two guys are going to have to decide on the route they want to go and how it falls and go from there. But I, I like the idea of younger, better, faster. I do, too. Uh, one thing, if, if, if I was looking at over the cap on Cook's contract and just seeing how things work, and uh, maybe I'm wrong on this, um, it, it, but if you – uh, yeah. here's the thing about like cutting cook uh, if they do it before june the first if, if i'm interpreting what was on over the cap right yeah they, they save 6.7 million on the cap but or, or they they save seven over seven million on the cap but they still eat six point almost seven million right in, in in a cap hit like there's not it's not a great you do save cap space but you're leaving a lot of <laughs> a dead cap you, you've there got too. dead cap you're paying and yeah. and, and that seems to be the cost of doing business. And the quicker you get out from that dead cap, the better the team's yes. going to be in the future, in 2024, 2025, 2026. The Saints are paying on dead cap for like the next 50 years. But it's um, it's going to come back to bite you, and you eventually have to get out from under it. And I'd rather bite that I, bullet now than later. Yes. And I... You know, I'm the same with you, Dave, and the same with with either it's Ryan or Lance. I think it's Ryan and Viking Uncensored, and talking about how the Vikings, you know, rarely seem to to get rid of the guy you know, a little bit early and 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 keep keep guys a, a little bit too too long. Um, when are we gonna? We expected, or we were kind of hoping that with Quasi Adolf Mensa in particular, with the whole analytics stuff, uh, that uh, you know he'd that'd be part of his calculus in, in keeping players and, uh, and making those decisions. Uh, but uh, we'll see on the end of this, uh, you know, we'll see in a couple of months whether, um, you know, that's the way they're, they're going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I'm right now, I'm kind of, I'm thinking, Hey, again, you had the 13, 14 last year. You don't really have a, you know, a, a succession plan in house that, you know, I would feel comfortable with uh, giving them the number one job. Uh, and I'm going to, I think they're going to try to work something out with cook and uh, again, delay this for a year, but uh, I hope I'm wrong. Cause I, cause I think, I think it'd be a gamble, but I think that Chandler in particular can be a guy who you can give the ball 15, 20 times a game and he's going to be very productive and he's mm-hmm. making under a million a year, <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is exactly. nice. And uh, just under a million, the prices of minimums have gone up. There's uh, a, yeah. yes, I agree. It's, we'll find out. Some the way talking we, about, we don't know yet. So some people, again, Aaron in there talking about trading cook. I don't know what trade value cook has. Again, that's one it of those guys. Low high cap number. Three, or be day three yeah. max. You're not getting more than that. Yeah. So, especially with his contract. Yeah. You got to remember in trades, it's not just about the quality of the player. You know, people think, hey, we we talked about it last week. Let's trade Daniil Hunter. He's great. We should at least get a first. Maybe. 
But you also got to think about his contract. What's that other team buying in contract? In Daniil's case, contract to the other team is absolutely fabulous. Yes, we get him in yeah. four or five million this year, and we can go on from there. It's great. We're going to do that. Thus, the compensation for him is going to be higher because you don't have that contract deal. Well, if you give somebody, hey, I want to trade somebody with this massive contract, it's the trading team is like, oh, I'm not going to take that player at that rate, you know. And if I do take that player at that rate, I'm not giving you much for it. And here's a fifth rounder, you know, type yeah. deal. And that's the way that goes. So you're not going to get that one for one. Well, Dalvin Cook's a starting, you know, running back. He should at least get a two. Well, no, I don't think you're going to get that. You're going to be lucky to get a five or six, if at all. And yes. So it's, yeah. Do we wish we could trade and get more picks? Absolutely. I'd love it in a heartbeat. But I don't think that's going to happen, especially with Dalvin Cook. But who knows? I have been wrong before. Just ask my late wife. <laughs> that brings us to the end of theme one. We're going to talk about Lewis and his badass wood art. He makes some great stuff. He had a poll on uh, on Twitter. He's made two Vikings heads, one purple, one yellow. They've got bottle openers on them. And he goes, which would you like? And it would be perfect for your in-home bar. You have it mounted there on the wall, grab your buddy a beer, go, boom, there you go. And if that's what you want, use CT Pocket and get 20% off. Now, that brings us to a theme two. Here we're going to be talking about the defensive coordinator search Updates. Dum, dum, dum. Still on the go, Dave. Mm-hmm. Still don't have a defensive coordinator. It's been and it's been an, an interesting week on that uh, because uh, last week we talked about the four guys we've been interviewed, uh, and uh, but we knew that Ryan Nielsen was out. He had mm-hmm. taken the Falcons job. This week we learned that Sean Desai had taking himself out of the running for the Vikings defensive coordinator. And he was looking to go to Denver. And, uh-huh. and if you're, and if you're, uh, if you're Kevin O'Connell, you must be like, wait a minute now. Uh, we were 13 and four last year. And you want to go to Denver who were like a train wreck. Okay. Like what's, what's going well, on defense here? Defense wasn't too bad, but no, no. The defense maybe he wants to work good. for Sean Payton. Maybe he's tired of being jilted twice. Well, that is the thing, right? Like, if you're Desai, you interviewed last year, they picked Ed Donatel. Oh, hey, Drew. Welcome. Welcome back. Um, yeah, Ed Donatel. And you go with Ed Donatel. Then uh, you bring in Desai again. You interviewed him well over almost two weeks ago. and But you're still not making a decision. If you're Desai, yeah, you're like, obvious. They don't really want me. I'm not their top choice. Uh, they're, they're waiting for somebody else. Otherwise, they would have picked me already. So... Mm-hmm. F you, I'm going to go somewhere else. <laughs> uh, so so I can understand that. But uh, we, we did learn that last week it kind of looked like, well, Emma made a decision. Uh, Flores is still out there. Uh, he was waiting to hear whether he's getting the Cardinals job. Uh, the Vikings must really want him. 
But then we then we got all the tweets came out about you know Ejero Avero and that the Vikings are actually Kevin Seifert mentioned it, Ian Rapport, others also followed mm-hmm. up, and that the Vikings actually were waiting to talk to him and interview him before making a decision. So it kind of looks like that's one of the reasons they're waiting. The other is the guys that applied for head coaching positions, um, Averro being one of them, he went, he applied at the Cardinals and at the Colts. Yeah, and the Colts. And you have Flores for the Cardinals are waiting on those guys to shit or get off the pot and make a decision so that they can, you know, in earnest say, well, we want to hire Flores. We want to hire Averro. They can't tell them, yes, do that, while they're still waiting on head coaching positions that, you know, unless each of, the, each of those guys says, screw waiting on a head coach, I'm taking a D.C. job, which why would you? They're waiting on those, and those teams are taking their sweet time to decide, and it's frustrating. It's frustrating, and maybe those teams are waiting for – the the two teams in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs and the Eagles, to to, to play that game so they can interview some of those guys. But but it, it was good to hear. We found yesterday that it appears that uh, Evero, uh, like Sean Payton, was it, you know uh, Sean Payton was pissing me off. He was trying to look like he was trying to be a prick again and trying to stick it to the Vikings by by not granting uh, uh, Averro really? the op- the opportunity to interview for the defensive coordinator's jobs with the Vikings and other places. Meanwhile, he's interviewing guys for the defensive coordinator position in in Denver. Besides, you know, beyond Averill, so I'm just like, what kind of a prick is this? You're having, you know, trying to have your cake and eat it too. Anyway, apparently, uh, Averill has is not coming back to Denver. He and Peyton talked. He is up and up has the, so he has the opportunity. The Vikings are trying to bring him in this week to, to talk to him. Uh, and there is uh, again, there it appears that Averill's interested in the Vikings defensive coordinator position. And the Vikings are interested in him. Uh, I like Flores. I like Averro too. Uh, if uh, you know, for again, for Viking fans who watched Ed Dontel's defense this year, uh, Averro's defensive philosophy will appeal to them. I think because he said, "Hey, you got to affect the quarterback. If you can't get at the quarterback with four guys, we rush five. If we can't get at the quarterback with five guys, we rush six. So uh, he's not just going to sit back in a in a like." rush for and go in a shell he's going to be aggressive he's got defenses defenses in denver or his defense in denver uh they again they were he likes he likes players he likes his defenses to rally to the ball tackle well hey you know those are all things that that we like to hear uh the denver defense uh, was a very good one under him this year they you know had very good rankings in a lot of both pass and the run defense not always perfect but uh, he he was able to get pressure on the quarterback. They did drop off a bit uh, after they traded Bradley Chubb after the first eight games, and they also Randy Gregory was also out with with injuries. Their pass rush did drop off. They went from averaging ten point four pressures per game in their first eight games to only four point nine in the last nine, and those were the last nine. They didn't have Chubb and they didn't have Gregory, mm-hmm. and he had to blitz more. Uh, as a result, and actually the, the Broncos, I think, were fourth in blitz percentage in the NFL last year. They blitzed the fourth most of any team in the NFL. Um, so Averro is not going to be a guy who's going to sit back and just let things happen and be content to play a, a passive 
submissive kind of defense. Uh, and uh, so that's good. I think that he's going to be, if we can get him, he'd be a great hire. He's young, energetic. He likes an aggressive defense. I like that. I did have some worries about, hey, is uh, is Minnesota a place where he wants to go? We were a terrible defense last year. He's got head coaching. Yeah, he's got head coaching uh, aspirations. If he doesn't get it this year, is it such a great move to go to a defense that was bad? And if that defense doesn't perform at a, you know at a, at a at a you know if say you only approve them into like the low twenties or the high nineteens, is that enough to get him to give him the head coaching buzz that he's going to want? But uh, looks well, like he's going to be interviewed. Let's talk about and that. that's. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down, we break down who will be cutting, cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. That's good news. We know he worked with Kevin with the Rams. We know he's worked with Quazy before. They're all about that same age. He's 41 years old. He's supposedly very much a people person. Uh, he's a perfect culture fit. So that, on those aspects, makes sense. He learned and worked with and under some great names when it comes to defensive coaching. He did under Monty Kiffin, Vic Fangio, yeah. Don Capers, Wade Phillips, and Raheem Morris. All of them are outstanding defensive guys. So he has the resume to be put all that together and be good. Now, you talk about, is he coming into a situation where we're ranked 31st? And it obviously looks like we got a bunch of old guys on the defense we're going to have to get rid of. We're going to have to rebuild. That takes time. It takes effort. It takes, you know, growth to do that. How would that be attracted to him? Well, he might view that as a challenge. He might say, mm-hmm. well, first off, I get to come work with my friends, right? I agree with their vision because their vision is real close to my vision, only they're giving me, me even more power to run my vision on the defensive side. And I can take and build something over the next two years. May I may not get that head coaching buzz next year, but if I get it over in two years and we're now – top 10 defense, top five, to go along with a top 10, top five offense, and we are uh, competing for championships all the time, championship level type of stuff, I know my market then will be even higher 
and I will only be 43 going into the job market, and I could probably pick any spot I want and not have to wait on the Cardinals or the Colts or whomever and go from there. And he may view it that way. We don't know. I obviously don't know. Don't talk to him. have never met the man. But that is one possible motivation factor why he may want to come to Minnesota. Indeed, and I think that uh, one thing that would make me, uh, I'd be, uh, be if we did hire Averro, uh, would be uh, it's yeah, we've got some quite a few aging vets on the defensive side of things. Uh, some of those are not going to be back in twenty twenty three. Uh, I, I think that's pretty much a given. But uh, those that do remain, the holdovers from next year who do remain, and there's going to be some of them, uh, Averro, uh, maybe he can bring more out of them and utilize those players better than Ed Donatel did, which wouldn't be very hard, <laughs> admittedly. admittedly. But, it, but, if, but if he can get more out of those players, the holdovers, than the, the previous defensive coordinator did. That along with the new talent that gets brought in, I think that that, again, that, could, uh, that could lead to the improvements in the Vikings' defense and um, that we want to see. And uh, like Ryan was saying below, if you get go from a 31-ranked defense to, like, say, 15 or 16, that's quite a significant uh, improvement yourself. And I think that you know, we know how it goes when – with coordinators and then getting head coaching buzz. Generally, you got to be like on a, a team that's gone deep in the playoffs or to the Super Bowl, and that unit's one of the top 10 or even higher than that in the league. And then you're a genius. Uh, does a, <laughs> but if you, I don't know, but if you're, again, if you're on a, if you turn a defense that was uh, the second worst in the league and make them into like a 15, 14, 15, top 14, 15, 16 defense, that's, in a that's year. impressive. That's in impressive. A year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that gives him just as big coaching buzz as as anything. And if the Vikings offense performs like it did this year and you've got a, a 15, 14, 15, 16th ranked defense, you're probably going to go a lot further in the playoffs than the Vikings did this year. And, uh, and again, that grabs uh, the attention of franchises around the league when they're looking for head coaching positions. I think overall – we, uh, if if Averro does his job well, if he becomes defensive coordinator, um, he won't be a defensive coordinator in Minnesota very long. Mm-hmm. The same could happen with a head coaching job with somebody. Flores. And Flores might Flores, go quicker. Yes. yes. Uh, Rhino, I agree with you. Everything I've read, he sounds like the defensive version of KOC. And if they get along great, it could be magic. We just don't know. This is He's the new name. That's why... All the glitter and glam over Averro this week as we wait on the Cardinals and the Colts to get off the pot and make a decision. So uh, we know what we're dealing with, but unfortunately. The worst case scenario, Dave, is that uh, yeah, Averro gets either that, either, I think it's been mentioned, Averro gets either the Colts or the Cardinals job, or he Flores gets the Colts gets the job. Out. Flores gets the Cardinals job, and we're left with Mike Patton. Yeah. Or... Maybe the Vikings are still waiting to talk to somebody from the Eagles. Like uh, Denard Wilson had been linked. He's the like the secondary passing game coordinator for the Eagles defense. He was uh, uh, a name that was thrown around when Donatel got fired as a potential uh, defensive uh, player. We'd be a uh, uh, coach. We'd be interested in to be the defensive coordinator. Uh, so maybe 
the Vikings want to kick the tires there, but I think they got to, you know, we want a defensive coordinator. Like we said last week, we want a defensive coordinator in there now so that they can start working on the plan for who are the players that they want to keep? Who do they want to get rid of? What you know, players do they want to bring in from um, that might be available in the off season? And, uh, you know, the, the players that they want to draft to get younger, faster, better. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Wholeheartedly. I agree. And that brings us to the end of theme of three, which always, of course, brings us to Lake Monster Brewing. We're both wearing our hats today. Lake Monster Brewing makes some fantastic beers, different beers. We talked about their their uh, wild rice from Minnesota lakes that they can make into some fantastic ales. We have all sorts of other brews that they make, and we have the great camaraderie and friendship you can get by just going across the river in St. Paul and joining them there and then trying a variety of beers. And you can buy flats and give it taste, have a good time. they got big screens for when you're watching sports. Not that there's any football on today. And uh, go on and, you know, enjoy being with friends, having good times, delicious beer. And it's all at Lake Monster Brewing. You can also grab them in your local uh, stores that sell beer that are within the Minnesota Vikings viewing area, and it's absolutely outstanding. I suggest you give it a shot. Now on to theme three. And this is where Darren's Wi-Fi takes a dump. This happens every week. It's got to be the solar storms, the uh, Aurora Borealis. Something happens every week where Darren goes, and this week it happened at the Switched to us wanting to talk about the Senior Bowl and the Shrine game. Every year we have had scouts go down there, right, to watch these players. We saw that Quasi himself was at the Senior Bowl practices, and he is looking at players himself. He was caught on the sideline talking with Brian Flores to go back to the last subject. and But they're there to scout players. They do the same thing at the East-West Shrine game. And the East-West Shrine game, it always used to be that the, the, the um, Senior Bowl was the big event for draft, draftable players. Well, it's now gotten to where the East-West Shrine game is competing and has a lot of players themselves. So scouting departments send scouts to both games. Um, and as like I said, Quasi was down in Mobile, along with three guys from Climbing the Pocket. You had uh, Tyler Fornis whose show will be tomorrow, and that will be one of his subjects. And Matt and Miles from Vikings Happy Hour, they were down there as well, and they will be talking about it. Miles will be talking about how he got a stomach bug early in the week, and that hampered him a bit, but, you know, stuff happens. So, they were down there doing that. Let's talk about it there, Darren, now that you're back, restored the 
you can line, talk you about internet. maybe the Chinese balloon zapped your internet. <laughs> well, yeah, the uh, I I missed the uh, we got into the preamble, I guess, of, of the East West Shrine game and the, the Senior Bowl, right. and uh, and uh, other than the. The Chiefs and the Eagles, everyone else in the NFL is now into like player procurement mode for 2023, including the Vikings. So they got scouts, GMs, coaching staff down at these events and uh, uh, pretty important uh, games. It's it's the seniors that are attending these games, not the underclassmen who will be eligible for the draft. But mm-hmm. uh, last year's Quasi Adovamensis first draft, I don't know if we talked about this, but they picked of their seven draft pick, uh, of their ten draft picks, seven of them were seniors who played in either in either one of these games. Ed Ingram, Brian Asamoah, um, um, sorry, Ezeci Otomoweo, and um, also Caleb um, Evans. Caleb Evans all were at the Senior Bowl in 2022, and then Nick Muse, Vidarian Lowe, and um, Ty Chandler were at the East-West Shrine game. Uh, so Viking fans should be paying close attention to who was at the Senior Bowl in the East-West, East-West Shrine game this year and who played well in those games because Kwesi uh, Dofamensa, he showed last year, he dipped heavily into the rosters of those at the of the players that were at those two games for his 2022 draft class. And even though the Vikings had a great regular season record, 13 and four, there's not too many positional units you can look at, at on this team and say they don't have a need, right? So inside lab linebackers, is there a need there? Yep. Yep. Uh, cornerback. Yep. Defense edge rusher. Yep. And uh, interior defensive line. Yep. Running back, yep. You know, we go wide receiver, yep. On and on and on it goes. Uh, so quarterback, can, yep. Quarterback, yep, yeah. Uh, so if you uh, if you're interested in college players who might be uh, Viking uh, targets or who's looking good at this time of the year, these are two games to pay close close attention to, and you are probably following online to see who did well at this practice today and who did well in the, at the second day of practice and, and who did well in the games. So, uh, I, you know, I, I just – a few names I'm going to throw out here as potential guys to, to look at um, is a you know edge rusher. Everybody's always – we just talked about a new defensive coordinator uh, needing pressure. And one guy at the East-West Shrine game, very intriguing – uh, somebody that uh, I think a lot of teams is going to be on a lot of teams' radar is B.J. Thompson, edge rusher with Stephen F. F. Austin. He was unblockable from what I read at the East-West Shrine game practices. Yes, uh, in the Saturday's game, he had a, uh, a sack and a half. And uh, he's a guy played at a small school, but very athletic, very quick. He's got like the, the wingspan of a pterodactyl. Uh, so a lot of things, a lot of things like that, a lot of things that uh, NFL teams really like about him. He's going to be going up and up the, the I think, the, his draft boards. I don't think he's he's received an invitation to the combine yet, but maybe that will change after what he did there. Uh, but he's only he only weighed in at 238 pounds. That's pretty light, so for, light an for an edge rusher. Edge rusher and used to be like below 220. Uh, but uh, if you're looking for guys, keep on. If you're when you're that athletic, when you're that productive, 
And that productive at the senior bowl game where you're playing against some of the better players from some big programs, I think B.J. Thompson is going to be a guy, somebody to keep an eye out on. Uh, a few other edge rushers that have been mentioned that had good weeks uh, was the uh, Will McDonald IV from Iowa State. Uh, Keon White from Georgia Tech was another one. And then the guy who had a really good senior bowl game I didn't mention yesterday uh, was Lonnie Phelps, edge rusher from Kansas. So some names to, to keep in mind on the edge rush, on the pass rush side of things. Um, if uh, cornerback, another position of need for the Vikings, it seems like it is every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in last last uh, year, Tariq Woolen was like a a big kid, six foot five, raw. He played at the University of Texas San Antonio. He got picked in the fifth round by the Saint, Saint or sorry the Seahawks. He ended up having being one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL last year, uh, and uh, a guy that's getting compared to him. And, and not quite as raw, and somebody that the Vikings certainly, I think, should keep an eye on if they're looking for cornerback help is a kid named Julius Brents from Kansas State. Almost uh, quite similar in size to Woolen. He's about listed 6'3", 6'4", uh, 200 pounds, a lot of great ball skills, uh, and fluid, loose, even though he's very tall for a cornerback. So he's a guy that to keep an eye out on in the combine and beyond as a potential Vikings target a couple other cornerbacks also to look at was uh brian kelly's son from stanford uh blue kelly uh one of the best compliments a cornerback can be given is nobody throws at him and last year at stanford he was targeted very few times during the regular season again he's six feet about 190 pounds rangy runs pretty well and he had a very strong practice uh at you know this week at the at these bowl games uh, Terrell Smith, a golden gopher. He had a strong week at the East-West Shrine game uh, practices as well. Somebody to look at, hometown boy as well, which uh, Viking fans always likes. Had an up-and-down career, uh, but uh, his senior season was pretty strong. So, of course, some cornerbacks to keep an eye out on. Inside linebacker, we've got a need there. We might need to replace Hicks or Kendricks or maybe both. Um I think Brian Asamoah will be one of those guys that takes over on the inside, but maybe there's a, there's a need to get younger there. Uh, Diane Healy from Washington State was somebody that was going to uh, had a another guy I read had a strong week of practice uh, where he was at, and uh, he was at the Senior Bowl. Uh, interesting cat. He used to be a wide receiver actually, switched to linebacker, uh, so he's uh, considered to have good speed and covers running backs well has the potential to be a three-down linebacker, which is a real plus these days in the NFL. You wouldn't have to take him off the field on pass, obvious passing downs. He's a guy to keep an eye out on uh, going forward. Um, so there's a lot of names there. Offensively, um, center-wise, everybody's going to be talking about John Michael Schmitz. Uh, oh, yeah. He was <laughs> he was by far considered the best uh, center performance at the East-West Shrine game. He- but – dominated people yeah. and to dominate especially when you're talking drills offense on defense you're talking where the defense always has the advantage and he dominated that's the type of center that gets me excited is he day one NFL ready it was looking like it now 
being day one NFL ready, is he better than Garrett Bradbury? Garrett Bradbury's free agent. Could yeah. he come in and start and make enough of a difference? Generally, the answer is no. No line, offensive lineman is ready in year one. It is only a small percentage, less than 5% that are. Could he now, and I mean, make a difference, play and make a difference. You have Ed Ingram come in. He played. He was mediocre. He was bad at pass, decent run, and he's about middle of the pack. Blah. Well, towards the bottom, giving up pressures and stuff. But that's normal. That's a normal timeline for alignment. They start there. They get better the second season, full offseason. They get good to go, and they go on from there. This kid looks like he may be that, you know, one, two, three percent that comes in and gets it from the get go and wins from the get go. And the question is, how high in the draft do you think this young man may go? Well, he certainly looks like he's potentially a late first round guy, or certainly he's going early in the second. We don't have a second rounder at this point. And I think the Vikings are picking at 23, which is a little early for a center. Uh, and this all might be moot if the Vikings decide to bring back Bradbury anyway. But uh, I don't think Schmitz is going to be a guy that the Vikings target or draft. And if we do uh, draft him, you're going to hear a lot of howling from a lot of Vikings fans, I think, uh, if we pick yeah, him in the first round here. particularly. You'll hear happy ones, too, because he's he's one of us. True, but I think at first round, picking another center in the first round after Bradbury, that's going to be a, it would be a controversial pick, I, I think, for... for Different the, for regime. Uh, that, and that's, true, a whole, that's a whole deal. This is now Quasi's draft. Last year was Quasi's draft with Rick's scouts and department. Now it's all Quasi's, so it's going to be interesting the route they go. What other center? Yeah, just an, another guy. Uh, this uh, Juice Scruggs from Penn State uh, had a pretty good uh, week of practices at the East West Shrine game as well. Uh, and uh, now the, the thing about him is that he, he did give up, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, 34 pressures or 36 pressures in his two, last two collegiate seasons, which is quite quite a bit. Uh, and uh, if if you're can you know if one of the concerns about Bradbury and complaints is that he gives up too many pressures in pass protection, well, Scruggs would it seems like he has the same issues. But Scruggs will be available later in the draft, whereas Schmidt's going mm-hmm. is going to be gone in the first round or second round. So uh, just a, a name to keep an eye on um, uh, along the interior offensive line. Um, wide receiver wise, a couple of guys that, uh, that impressed, uh, and one really intriguing Nathaniel tank Dell from Houston. He's only five, eight, 163 pounds, but, uh, he, nobody could cover him during practice, a super quick, uh, and again, really his size would give you a lot of concern. Yeah. I'm afraid he gets broken out there. Yeah. But uh, if you can't catch him, you can't break him, right? And he, he could true. be a guy, could be a very useful uh, gadget player and somebody as he gets a little bit stronger, you can develop him in year two and year three to become more of a significant contributor on the offense. But he could give the, the Vikings offense under Kevin O'Connell a bit of juice if they don't have any concerns about his size. Uh, another guy that I, I didn't mention yesterday had a strong senior bowl yesterday uh, game and during week of practice was who's kind of the opposite of 
of, of the tank here is that Michael Wilson from Stanford, big wide receiver, and uh, and he's considered uh, a guy that could have been potentially was looked at as a day three pick, but he's performed so well at the Senior Bowl week that he's maybe moving up to day two kind of guy. But mm-hmm. like, somebody to keep in mind. Running backs, of course, we talked about that earlier. Uh, there's a slew of them. Tyler Fornis was all over this. He's over these uh, three. Up some guys. First yeah. one is Eric Gray from Oklahoma, which has Ryan Ortega from Vikings Happy Hour all jizzing in his pants because he loves everybody <laughs> and everything from Oklahoma. Uh, supposedly he did extremely well down at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Tyler Spears is another one. This guy is shifty. He did. He played at Tulane. And then the last one was Evan Hall from Northwestern. Question is, will any, will the Vikings take these guys anywhere in the draft that's effective? Considering we've only got through five rounds worth of picks, sort of hard. I don't mind taking running backs in round six and seven, right? And you're yep. running, hey, we'll see if he, you know, if he's good. We're beyond the days of dominant running back, bell cow, looking for the next bell cow. You're not going to draft a running back like you drafted Adrian Peterson, where it's in the first round, seventh pick, and he's going to be the face of your team and everything's going to go through Adrian Peterson. That type of football, that age of football, is gone for now. It may come back because football's cyclic, but right now it's gone. So you don't get those guys there. They drop down. Are the Vikings, Will Quazy, select... Say if one of these guys drops down into the third round, go, hey, great value. I liked him there. You know, 10 years ago, he would have gone in the first round. I'm going to take him, and we're going to go. That's a big question. How many offensive picks or how many picks are going out to the offense when we have so few to start off with? Who knows? But you might see one of these three guys in purple next year. You don't know. You might, and – and, and like you said, though, if, if they are in purple, we'll probably have to have acquired more picks between now and when the draft starts so that we, we have some a sixth-rounder or a seventh-rounder that we can use on somebody like like a Hall if, if he's available then. Mm-hmm. Last year, we picked Chandler in the fifth round, right? So right. we have one. It looks like we're going to get a fifth-rounder in compensation uh, pick. So, But, again, a lot of, a lot of needs. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, Aaron, but, but overall, Aaron pops up. Overall, no, I think it. I, I'll buy no, it no, no, pro- probably not. Ooh. But uh, still, the again, like we we're, I uh, was mentioning about uh, the juniors aren't at at these uh, the Senior Bowl, the East West Shrine Game, and a lot of the juniors are going to get picked. The underclassmen will be. They'll make up a lot of the first-round picks and quite a few of the second-round picks. But these guys on these rosters for these two All-Star games, they are a lot of them, most of them are going to get drafted, probably in day two and day three in a lot of cases. But Kwesi Adolfo last year, his draft, he, it showed that he valued players with a lot of college football experience and players with a lot of high character. Um, that was kind of the theme of a lot of these guys that he picked, whether it was Vidarian Lowe or Ty Chandler or Brian Asamoah. Uh, they were very good football players and played a lot of, a lot of football in college, but they also were team leaders and strong character players. And so maybe that's 
that's the type of player he's looking for, in which case we could see a lot of these guys from the Senior Bowl and the East-West Shrine game. Uh, we'll see some of them get picked again by Quasi Dofamensa in the 2023 draft. Could be. Now, I want to let the viewers know this is going to be a weird draft. When we look at players, a lot of them are older than usual. We talked about Schmitz. Schmitz is an older guy. I think he's 25, 25 or 26. And that is because this group is the one that got caught up in the COVID cancellation of the season and had the extra years of eligibility. They're coming, this particular draft class, a lot of them are coming in older. And we're seeing the senior bowl guys, these are seniors that may be older. That maturity, that last few years of development, because the human male body sometimes takes a jump from 22 to 25, the last of its growing and the building up and the building out type stuff, these guys may already have, and they may be more plug-and-play ready straight off the get-go than we'd expect. It would be nice if that was the case. Um, so this draft is going to look a little bit different because of that. You're going to see some older players, and you get them – and from a strategic standpoint, you get an older, mature player that can step in right away. Then you have him for four or five years before he's doing his next contract. And at that point, he may be going over the hill, especially with a running back. And then you get him for cheap and you just keep the system going without having to waste money. It's it's, it's going to be – I'm curious how crazy he's going to go about it. We don't know. He hasn't spoken at all on how he's going to go about it this offseason. It's just, you know, that we saw him down there. Hopefully it goes well, and we'll all like it. Aaron, playing to 46 is a, an extreme rarity that is not usual. That is not normal. That is outside of the normal bell curve stuff. That is way on that end. Kickers and quarterbacks be the only ones playing at that age. Yep. And, and quarterbacks only if they are, uh, are Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Or George Blandon. George Blandon did for a long time, too. It's rare. It's ex- so, so extremely rare. Quarterbacks usually fall off their cliff around 35. So, And, and offensive linemen usually last in their mid-30s, no problem. It's... Uh, other positions, running back, cornerback, speed, stuff that relies on speed, quick, twitchy stuff, the body naturally starts to slow down. So we'll find out. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun week, too. We have Tyler Fornis on Monday. I already got his uh, show ideas. We are going to go there. One of it's talking about the Senior Bowl, which he was at. And we're going to go from there. Hopefully, we'll have more news on a defensive coordinator. Please. What are you looking forward to this week, Darren? Same. Uh, well, yeah, the, the defensive coordinator, and if we make a, a decision on that, is is number one for me. Uh, we didn't mention the Vikings picked up a, a player, uh, Sheldon Day, on the defensive yes. line this week. Uh, but uh, it, with other things going on, it wasn't didn't have time to fit him in and talk about him. Uh, but I think he's more of a, a, a 
potential camp body than anything else. So uh, not not a huge addition for the Vikings. It's the kind of addition that NFL teams are making. All NFL teams right. are making at this the bottom time of the, of the roster year. stuff that's just going to regurgitate, yeah. regurgitate from now until a few weeks into the season. But uh, but he is a former 49er and played on a pretty good defense back in 2019. So, I don't know, maybe he'll be like uh, somebody like uh, Jonathan Bullard, who we don't think is going to make the team, but ends up making the team. I don't know, even though Bullard didn't really do anything this year, but he, he was a starter when he was healthy. Mm-hmm. That brings us, it is Super Bowl week. Is there any particular team you wish to lose more than the other one come Sunday? Well, I'm not a, an Eagles fan, so if they lost, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Going to be interesting. Well, we hope to have a lot, of, a lot of great stuff on this week, folks. What do we say, Darren? We say, Skull Vikings! Thanks for watching, and as always, Skull Vikings! Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.